0: Welcome to Faith and Fable. Pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial
1: topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller. I'm Matt Henry, and we are back with another episode on spiritual motivations. Um, as you know, this is a mini series that's designed to help you stay motivated to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Um, it's really easy to talk about a slow, steady growth in your faith. But it's a whole other thing to actually do this on a consistent basis. Um, and the reason is Satan doesn't want you growing. Uh, this age we live in is wanting you to conform yourself to it. And your own indwelling sin is also always pulling at you to go in a different direction. And so what we're doing is we offer these small episodes as simply two pastors who want to help you all Um, so use this. Uh, in fact, we'd encourage you to use these uh, episodes in discipleship situations or as a short-term study with a group. Just play them and then open it up for discussion. They're, they're short uh, by per, on purpose, but most importantly, what we hope you will do is actually not listen, but apply these things in your life. So today we're going to talk about the spiritual discipline of confession as a motivator. Uh, frankly, few things weigh a person down more than hidden sin, but also sin that is simply unresolved between you and another person. Both end up killing spiritual growth in a a moment. But there's also another aspect of confession as well, where you're actually uh, simply acknowledging you need help or that you're weak and needy. And here, pride often becomes our enemy here. And we, again, uh, it affects our spiritual consistency as a result. So we're going to just take a little time to discuss this idea of confession as a spiritual motivator. So first of all, we're going to talk about confession in relation to sin,
0: um, which is perhaps the one that people think of yeah. first. Um, so Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen says, he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion." Simple proverb, but has uh, big lessons to it and implications as well. Um, essentially, hide your sin um, and you'll do nothing but harm yourself. And so the lesson is is simply, you will not prosper. The, the word here though is interesting uh, as it has the sense of advancing or progressing, um, which is the very point that we want to try and make. To confess and forsake, um, on the other hand, brings mercy and compassion, um, and this is the part where we, where we too often forget. There's something good here in confession. We we see our sin, we see our shame, we see exposure, we see weakness. Um, maybe our reputation will be marred. We will recoil. We'll seek to do damage control. Uh, we tell ourselves we'll just do better. We'll work harder. Uh, but the problem is that the the poison still sits there, um, and so. You could picture it like walking right up to the edge of a pool that you're terrified to jump into because, you know, so many things can happen. Um, but you forget that on the other side of of confession is compassion. Um, so you, you forget, in other words, that your father is right there in the pool and he won't fail to catch you. Pretty good illustration. Yeah, huh? not bad. Thank you. Um, so confession is an <laughs> act of faith. Um, it is acting in response to God's character and God's promise uh it's it's hiding um the sin um in, well hiding sin there's actually an act of unbelief i don't think a
1: lot of people think about it like that way though you you don't want to confess because somehow it makes you bad right, right. and it's like yeah. it's not like god doesn't know you are that's why christ came yeah. um but yeah and so we don't we don't look beyond. I mean, as I, I, that's why I chose that pool illustration when I wrote this because I was just thinking about my kids, four kids. All four had to learn to jump into the pool. I'm standing there and just, I'll catch you, I'll catch you. And, I mean, heck, I would catch them before their feet left the edge. You know, As long as I saw them commit and go for it, I was right there. Um, but they had to do it. Uh, you talked about that with, I think it was Levi, yeah. Uh, at, on in this on the stairs that you'll catch them, uh, but behind it is they, they they doubt. Yeah, they're not trusting your trustworthiness. Their, their words. Yeah. Um, a second uh, text that we'll use. This one comes from the New English Translation. If I had harbored sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. That's in Psalm sixty six verse eighteen. Now, obviously, this passage speaks to the same idea we just discussed, but it also drills down a bit more specifically as to the consequences of unconfessed sin. In the prior passage, we saw that we will not prosper. Uh, that, that's a rather broad idea. Here, we find that unconfessed sin is an overt hindrance to prayer and God attending himself to our prayers. Now, if you don't pray, this is not a big deal, right? I mean, if a person that listening to this already isn't given to prayer, you don't really care. But if you actually value prayer as God expects you to, then this becomes a huge issue. It's interesting to note that in 1 Peter 3, 7, we read also, uh, you husbands likewise live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker vessel. Why? Since she is a woman, and grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So what Peter is basically saying is that no reasonable husband wants to have his prayers hindered by God due to not being a proper husband. But again, that assumes that the husband even cares whether his prayers are being answered.
0: Yeah. Uh, Another one comes from 1 John 1.9, which says, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So here, the the point to understand is this is not a one-time event, but this is actually an ongoing reality for the Christian. Uh, We are to be in the habit of confessing our sins to God. And the simple uh, reason for that is because God is faithful in forgiving those sins. Um, So this is not speaking of, of that coming to faith and being saved, um, rather this is speaking of that ongoing cleansing that that's needed in your life. It's one of my favorite, um, when, when I, I teach the, the Greek course at the mm-hmm. very end, you translate through first right. John. Right. And the one I thing I always try to point out with this passage is there's a parallel. Um, he says two things, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us, um, And then there's two consequences of that. The first one is, it's to forgive us of our sins, but then secondly, to cleanse us. Right. And the parallel is, we're forgiven because he's faithful, and then the second one is, he can cleanse us from righteousness um, because he's just. Just. But what I tried to show is it's present tense. Yes. Ongoing. Yes. So it's not merely that you become a Christian, you're once for all saved. There is that ongoing appropriation, if you will, of that. Uh, once for all act of Christ. Um, sort of like when Jesus is going to wash the feet of his disciples. And and so Peter then says, wash my whole body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Jesus makes the point to Peter that he's already clean. Um, so it's merely the, the dirt of the day, if you will, that needs to still be resolved. Um, so he washes his feet. Um, the act of confession is something that helps us. That helps move us forward in our Christian walk, and it's because we are uh, literally agreeing with God that there's there's things wrong in our lives. That's what the word confession literally yep. means to say the same thing. Say say the word. I love the word. hama uh, lego. Yeah yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: That just sounds
0: fun. Hamas is where you get homo, same, and then lego is to say. So yeah. you're saying the same thing. Right. Um, so. Um, yeah, the, the, it, 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 we're, we're, we're confessing, we're saying the same thing as God, that we fall short, that, that he is that true standard of good and right. It's how we battle the great temptation of rationalization, where we try to call our sin anything but sin. Um, confession forces us to just call it what it right. is. And we can't emphasize that point enough. It's the rationalization of sin that's perhaps the greatest destroyer of spiritual growth and stability for the believer. This is one of the reasons why we are so reluctant to praise or find much value in that, And the whole psychological therapeutic world, where sin is now defined instead in some way as sickness or, or victimhood. Um, if you can't call your actions and thoughts what God calls them, then there's, we would just say, there's little hope for true spiritual vitality.
1: Yeah. All right, next, confess your sins to one another. Um, in James chapter 5, verses 14 to 16, he says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he co- has committed sins, they will be confet- forgiven him. Therefore, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Here, James is speaking on the nature and necessity of prayer, but he speaks here of something that has many people who wonder about what is meant. The context in the passage is that if one is sick, all of a sudden he starts to talk about the possibility instead of sin in the person's life. So what's going on? Well, the point seems to be that the person is very ill, and as he dwells upon it, he realizes that he's been playing spiritual games. In other words, he's been sinning, and therefore he becomes uh, concerned that God is judging him. Now, don't forget that all of James's warnings in his letter about uh, is a in, in this letter about God's judgment is on sin. In fact, in verse 12, he told them if they were making foolish vows that God would judge them. This is similar to 1 Corinthians 11, where Paul tells the Corinthian church that the reason that some of them were sick and even dying was because of sin in their lives. Now, James does not categorically demand that the person must be in sin. Therefore, we want to be careful not to assume that everyone with sickness must also be in sin for then we would be guilty of what the friend of Job did to him, uh, where, where they say, well, the only reason this happened to you is you must have done something wrong. But at the same time, if we are involved in sin, we should seriously consider if it might not be the judgment and discipline of God. James says that if he has sinned, then they will be forget if if this person has sinned, then those sins will be forgiven him. This seems to indicate that part of the prayer involved the sick person himself, and, and that it was a prayer actually of confession. Yeah.
0: Uh, so that's confession in relation to sin, but then there's also that confession in relation to needs, um, and again, this is different than. Confession in relation to sin. So he, here, what is meant is when you have needs, you learn to begin to acknowledge them by simply telling them to God. Uh, humans have a bad tendency to try and fix things themselves, themselves, and so there seems to
1: be reluctance by many to just simply pray. Uh, I, I, my mo, one of my more common questions I have when people come in, and they're struggling, uh, they don't know what to do, and they finally say they want some counsel. I'll just you listen to it? It, say. <laughs> so have you? Have you prayed about it? and And I'd say it's a 90%, I mean, that's just me off the top of my head, but they give me a blank look, um, no. There you go. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, he promises to grant you wisdom if you'll ask him, but we, we just don't think, it's like prayer should only be for the big things or something right. like that. And it's like, why don't you just ask God for wisdom? mm mm-hmm. What a, what a concept in fact i was I was just sick here for the last week and I even stopped in the midst of all that because it was miserable and I began to reflect, is it because of sin is there things that I've been hiding and so I ultimately concluded no um, but it's a good time when you're mm-hmm. just sicker than a dog um, and you uh realize hmm. <laughs> Yeah, God has a way of humbling. Oh, yes. So he he says in Psalm 18, verse 6, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry for help before him came into his ears. So here the writer is full of distress. So what's he do? He goes to God in prayer for help. Uh, It's not because of sin. He he doesn't know what to do. He's filled with worry and fear. How often— Do we fret and worry and fume over things that are outside of our control, but we do not go to God and confess that we need him? So again, in uh, Psalm 120, verse 1, in my trouble, I cried to the Lord and he answered me. Again, the context is dealing with evil people who are filled with lying tongues. They're described as arrows and burning coals in his soul. And so he confesses his burden, not his sin, his burden. And he confesses his need to the Lord. Yeah. And then in uh, Luke 11,
0: 5-13, we have these words. It says, And he said to them, Suppose one of you shall have a friend, and shall go to him at midnight, and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he shall answer and say, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he, is, because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. And I say to you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it shall be opened. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by a son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of fish, will he? Or if he has asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him?" So Jesus tells us to ask and to seek. Um, But to do that requires that you acknowledge that you have need. I mean, it has to begin there, right? Yeah. Um, So then he builds off that in verses 11 through 15 with, with an argument with something known as, I mean, it's from the lesser to the greater. Um, and so a parent will give his child good things. Um, if, if they are given to do that as sinners, then how much more uh, would the Father give us the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Um, but when we do not ask, um, when we're reluctant to lay our burden down in prayer, we are saying in effect that God is, is less of a father than even our own parents. Um, or if we had terrible fathers, then we we're guilty of making him like those faithless fathers so, in, in that case, we would tell you to, first of all, acknowledge in confession that you are guilty of making God into your own image. So, you first confess your <laughs> yeah, Right. So, and then <laughs> repent of that, right?
1: Um, and then, yeah, go, go and just confess now what you need and ask. All right. So, there it is. Another way we can be motivated in our spiritual growth, um, and we hope that This helps each of you in some small way to continue the race that God has set before you to remind you that you are more forgiven than you realize, uh, that we are all sinners who need to confess sin so that we don't need to be ashamed to do so, and that as we confess both our sin and our needs, we will actually do it to our benefit. Now, we have many more episodes that we're uh, in the process of making, so pray for us, because both of us actually are entering new waters in both of our ministries. Um, Pray that we remain faithful to our core responsibilities, even as we do these podcasts. But also make sure to continue to tune in, join the conversation. We truly would love to hear your thoughts on key spiritual motivators. But also don't forget to like, share, comment, rate, review on iTunes, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and tell a friend.